welcome to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. My name is Brock and I'm the lead care and support pastor at Hope Fellowship. I'm joined by, you got to introduce yourself oh. today. Yeah. Uh, I'm Tara Wiedemeyer. I'm a licensed professional counselor. Yeah. And so we are, we're nearing the end of our third season of the Mindful Marriage Podcast. And so this is, this is kind of, kind of wild. Um, and so today, this whole season, we've been talking about perspective and trying to, it's almost like uh, as the, we've gone through this season, it's almost like I'm feeling like perspective is trying to get into the inner world of the person you're married to, and then let that world come out so you understand what's going on inside of them. Like you're trying to hear what's what's driving them, what's influenced them, you're trying to get to know their inner world. And so today we're going to talk about perspective, but we're going to talk about it in terms of parenting. I don't know if you knew this, Tara, but sometimes parenting can cause strain in a relationship. Really? Yeah, it's kind of a new. So easy. Yeah, it's a new study. <laughs> and so Tara said something the other day that I thought would really be a good way to kind of drive our podcast today. Um, she talks with, with couples and with people and this issue comes up. She said that oftentimes, not oftentimes, all the time, we are shaped by the way we are parented. We were parented. So Tara, when you say that statement, what, what does that mean to you? We're shaped by the way we were parented. Well, in a nutshell, I think that it's kind of that idea of what it, what's modeled for us and what we are around in our environments, um, you know, that gets in us and on us. And we can, you know, depending on what that looks like, we can follow suit. Um, if we don't like something about it, we can definitely work to change it. But, you know, if you're raised in a home where, you know, there's a lot of aggression and fighting and um, poor communication, poor boundaries, a lack of respect, you know, and that's all, you know, even if you know, you don't like it and you don't want that for yourself, it can be sometimes difficult to, to not model or like replicate that in your own household when you're older or, you know, as a parent. And so, you know, even if that's not your natural go-to, some people fear that. And so they will avoid certain things as a parent because they don't want to be like their parents or, you know, things like that. And so basically just, knowing that like, it's the whole, I think nature and nurture for sure come into play here. Um, but the way that we were raised, especially, you know, if your parents are around for your whole childhood and not absent, you know, that, and that's such a developmental time for humans that that gets, that becomes almost like it gets part of like, it's ingrained, you know, and right. it, it becomes part of your wiring and, hopefully, you know, you, some of that is healthy and productive and you like it, but the things that maybe we don't, or we want to work to change. Um, sometimes that can feel very much like an uphill battle. And there's a sense of urgency when it's with parenting, I think more than some other things, just because that's in, like, once you have kids get like games on, like you don't get to hit pause, you know? And so as things happen in the moment, if you're not prepared for them ahead of time, a lot of times we can become, you know, reactionary or fall into old patterns. And so it, I just think it's a really good idea um, for parents to constantly, and it's exhausting to do this sometimes, but to be taking self inventories and trying to always like pay attention, learn and grow from that stuff, because we are the most influential people in our children's lives for um, a short amount of time 
Um, and I think we have the power to help propel them in a good way or the power to be very harmful. Yeah. And so it's like the way we were raised, we either kind of fall back into those old patterns. Maybe we don't want to, or we're like, Hey, I never want to be like that. And so we run to the opposite direction. Yes. <laughs> and we're like, Hey, I'm not going to behave this way. And so this is a really kind of a, a super classic example as we talk all the time about kind of making sure that we're healthy so that we can give health. Uh, this would be a, a great thing for us to explore. Like how did our parenting, the way we were parented influence, how is it influencing us today? And it's so important, I think, for us in gaining perspective to really ask questions and hear the story of our of our spouse. Like, how were they raised? What was their parenting like? How do, how, was, how were things in your home? What are some things that were harmful to you? What are some things that you like to carry on? Like just getting in their inner world of what happened uh, in their parenting. Uh, so one of the things we want to do today is uh, Tara has younger kids and I have older kids. And just for you uh, out there that have younger kids, uh, the debate is settled. Older kids are way more expensive. So we'll just settle that right now. Uh, but uh, Tara is going to take just a few moments and kind of give us a few thoughts from the therapist perspective, from the mom perspective, from the younger kids perspective about raising younger kids. And I'll jump in kind of some thoughts about uh, raising older kids. So Tara, teach us everything in the world about raising younger kids. No pressure oh, at all. So No pressure. And uh, that's not a big time consuming topic by any means. No. Um, so <clears throat> I think, you know, mainly, and this is kind of a bird's eye view, I think, and because every kid is going to be different. And it, depending on our stories, you know, that makes the relationships very different. But so right now my kids are six and 10, but almost seven and 11. And they're very, very different. And so what works for one doesn't necessarily work for the other. And I think a lot of times out of exhaustion or not knowing better or to try to keep things fair, parents can try to kind of do a one size fits all type parenting and that, that just doesn't work. But even if you have similarities or, you know, you have the same values um, that you're parenting from for each kid, that can help. And so our thing is, you know, we had to learn very quickly that like maybe what worked for us as kids didn't work on our first one. And um, what worked for him didn't work for the second one. And so that alone can be a hard pill to swallow and very frustrating if, if you don't, again, have some resources and feel equipped so you can pivot um, in those moments. So for me, um, the things that I try to do, and I think that we try to do most is be empathetic and get down on their level. And again, as we talk about this, some of, you know, age appropriateness is highly important in all of this. And we're going to give you all some resources later that talk about this. So maybe, you know, again, as kids get older, we have to change our style and they have to change, hopefully, you know, or not have to change. They're changing the way they, they respond and understand and then what they choose to do with that, you know? So, but being empathetic and so getting in their shoes, trying to see it from their point of view, remembering what it's like to, you know, be a kid who doesn't have a lot of like power in a situation and feel like you're being told what to do rather than, you get to make these decisions for yourself. And so I think that's huge. Um, and doing that compassionately, which is to suffer with. And so when you're running out of time and you're late, 
for school or you're exhausted and they won't eat their vegetables, that can feel, you know, like the last thing on earth that you want to do. But I don't know. I think being a compassionate parent is, um, it teaches them so much just by what's being modeled for them. And so if we can stay in that space, I think it's just, it does, I don't want to say it does a lot of the work for us, but it, in a way it kind of does. So that, um, asking questions, being curious rather than, you know, demanding or telling them what to do or what to think. Um, and remembering that it's not about us. And that is, that one is maybe my, the hardest one for me um, in the sense of like, you know, when our kids are walking around, they're a reflection of us. A lot of times we, we, we take that on and we've, you know, I've heard parents say like that embarrassed me or, you know, that like you're disrespecting the family or what are people going to think, you know, that kind of stuff. And so even the comments like that send these messages to kids that like, different things, but like that they are, it's performance-based or there's certain expectations that are put on them that really, that's more about the other person or ourselves than them. Yeah, so, so when we're not healthy, we're projecting that on them. Like they have to kind of live out of fulfillment a little bit. And so it seems like uh, what you're saying a lot is just like what we've been talking about all along, you're gaining their perspective as well. You're asking them a lot of questions, knowing Definitely. their inner world. You're getting down on their level, knowing that you care for them, knowing that you love them, uh, being there for them. It seems like it's just kind of this uh, relationship skills that are transferable to, to our marriages, to everything. It's kind of you're just applying those skills at an age appropriate level to your kids. For sure. And I think you know, there's times where we have to tell our kids, especially again, when they're younger, like that they have to do something or we have to make them go to school when they don't want to, things like that, that we may not be able to do when they're older, but there are ways to do those kinds of things in a loving way that hope. And when we explain ourselves, we can very much like, it, it feels more f fair to them. It's easier to swallow. Even if they don't like it, it hopefully makes sense to them, you yeah. know? And so a lot of, times and I think this is shifting more but like it's kind of that kids are to um like be seen and not heard or it's our way or the highway kind of mentality you know I grew up like that and so it doesn't teach us to use our voice in it like at, from a young age to like stand up for ourselves responsibly and assertively but respectfully and so then if again if that, that's not taught at a young age how are they supposed to do that well when we expect it of them down the road if we don't right. give them the space to wrestle with that and start tackling it, you know? And so I, part of our discipline model, if you will, is like, it's, it involves a lot of conversations and dialogue and back and forth rather than, you know, you did this, go to your room and here's your consequence and you're done. You're trying to add, you're trying to add context you're still For sure. Yeah. Like Tara says all the time, she says, we're trying to discipline, not punish our kids. And so discipline means that there's some instruction, there's some guiding, there's some coaching going on, but there's still consequences to behavior. So you're not advocating getting rid of that. No, for sure. saying, hey, add a lot of context to this thing. No. Yeah. I think it's very much if you can, and we're going to get into that, but if, if you can stay in the air, the lane of like, discipline versus punishment. And I think those words get used interchangeably a lot of times. And so making sure that 
like you and your partner are on the same page also with that, because I'll have people come in and say like his punishment was this, like a parent will say that. And what they said, it looks, it's discipline, but so making sure we're, you know, we're on the same page, even with the language that we're using, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So kind of what Brock said, um, discipline is to basically instruct punishment really. I mean, from a root angle is like to inflict pain. And so not necessarily even physical pain, but like it could, it could create emotional pain or whatever else, but just some things to keep in mind. And we're going to post this on Instagram. So you guys have um, a visual to go along with this, but a lot of times punishment focuses on the past, like past behaviors or even um, just conversations that you've had. It, we allow that to shape us. Um, it can use force, violence, and intimidation. It's reactive rather than proactive or responsive. It can be arbitrary, random, out of anger, oftentimes, or frustration, or even like sadness. Like if, you know, I, I deal with, like a lot of parents will say, you know, that hurt my feelings. And so because of that, it landed me in this camp when I really, if I had taken time to be like, you know, empathetic and know that's not necessarily about me, I would have probably gone this route. So it can make kids feel guilty rather than like instilling like accountability. Um, It emphasizes what not to do rather than what to do. And that kind of goes to that instruction piece. And it can be vague and it can, it can change. A lot of kids are like, I don't know the, you know, my words here, but I don't know the rules to the game I'm playing. Like, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells because sometimes they let me get away with this. And sometimes I get grounded for two weeks, but it was the exact same thing. And so a lot of times there's not clear expectations and for sure communication when it's, when there it's coming from like a punishment model discipline focuses on like the future and also even the present, like, because you're, you're tapping into them, you're getting on their level, you're being hopefully empathetic and compassionate it can actually encourage and promote like self-respect, self-worth, that kind of, even like a a greater sense of responsibility so they can start taking ownership when it's appropriate to take it. So really what we're doing with with that is it's kind of long-term thinking. Um, Yeah, it's, you are playing the long game here for sure. Which is important. And it's funny how Tara and I've had, you know, long conversations. And so it's like, as we kind of hear each other's perspective, we kind of know why we parent the way we do and why that's so valuable to us. And I think that's such an important piece of this, but then also again, being healthy and making sure we're dealing with our past, our hurts, our pains, so that we can be in a spot where we're not just reactive all the time, but being a little more proactive and kind of taking care of ourselves so we can take care of our kids. I think Mm -hmm. that's such a healthy way to look at that. Yeah. So with that being said, how would you like, because I mean, Brock and I've talked about this and I for sure thinks, I for sure think he hangs out he and Alicia both under like discipline rather than punishment. So he gets five bonus points for that from me. Um, But with older kids, how do you take something like this and apply it in an age appropriate way? There's a few key words that run through my brain all the time. And one of those words is pursue. Like, you know, because they become teenagers. Because my kids are 22, 20, and 18. And so they're off doing their own things to them or away at college. One of them's a senior in high school. And so it's like, they could pretty much just, you know, especially my son who's away at college, like, Hey, K 
could you check in with your father every once in a while? That'd be great. And so like pursue, like make sure they constantly feel like I'm pursuing them, even if they don't necessarily want to hang out, but like sending them text messages, messages, calling them, just checking in to know that I'm there for them in those moments that they need to talk. And the other thing I try to do is try to find common interests that we have. I'm trying, just like you said earlier, ask a lot of questions about what's going on in their world and just kind of letting them talk when they can. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I'm also, when I see them doing something well or something that I really appreciate, I'm trying to give a lot of compliments, uh, but also trying to convey you know, my expectations. I expect you to, you know, study hard and to work hard and to behave a certain way. And, and they're going to make mistakes because we all do, but it's just trying to communicate those things. And I just really want my kids to feel heard, uh, to feel valued. And uh, sometimes, you know, there's the weirdest, we're becoming empty nesters in our house. It's like that feeling of like, okay, now I have these needs of that companionship that's been there all along. Mm-hmm. But again, going back to being healthy, so that I'm not putting an overburden on them, but keeping appropriate boundaries, but still pursuing them, pursuing them, pursuing them. And, and just kind of um, like my my youngest, the 18 year old, um, she sent me a text of the day and she said, hey, dad, you want to go grab a bite to eat? And so I was at home and I'd already made a beautiful chicken pot pie. Well, I, <laughs> I reheated the thing and or, or heated it. And uh, it's like, man, I, you got to jump on those windows. You got to jump on yeah. those opportunities. And so the pot pie didn't make it and we went out and had a great conversation. So just taking advantage awesome. of those opportunities. Yeah. But I think as Tara talks about discipline, for me, that really means coaching. I'm helping them learn what it means to uh, uh, hopefully, from my perspective, do life in a way that uh, I think is a, is a healthy way for them to do that. So that would yeah. be my my parenting advice well, for older kids. Pursue well, think, my main yeah. word. Okay. Pursue everybody, write that down. Yes. Yeah. Pursue, but pursue, I think pursue. even, and that, that God pursues us. We've yeah. talked about, when we were gearing up for this episode. Like we talked kind of about how discipline lines up more for sure. Like it with scripture than punishment does. And I think God is a huge proponent of discipline because that's discipline is done in love. Even if the kid doesn't necessarily feel like it in the moment, right. hopefully when they look back and as they get older and mature, they'll see that, but discipline is rooted in love. And so if God didn't care how we turned out or what the attitude of our heart was, he wouldn't do that. And if we didn't care, if our kids became little bratty monsters or landed in jail, we wouldn't do what we do. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where we're, you have to be more hands-on, so to speak, when they're younger and they depend on you for more and they don't have any wisdom or life experience under their belt. But as they get older, we have to learn how to get more hands off so they can learn how to fall down and pick themselves back up, knowing we're there if they need us. Yeah. But that's hard for a lot of parents to do. And I, and I think there's a lot of fear in that. But I do think if we can, and it's never too late to start doing some of this stuff for sure. Um, but like, if we can learn how to do that from a young age, they're going to want to have relationship with us when they're older. They're going to want to include us and, you know, keep us in the loop and hopefully even want to have a friendship. Um, And so, but for sure, if that's not going to happen, if they feel like they weren't guided, directed or, pursued and coached in love. Right. And, and if we're just always reacting out of our pain and punishing them, it's, you know, I mean, we're all going to do that. We're going to make mistakes. We're not perfect people. 
Um, and, you know, and we can't plan how the kids are going to turn out. We just do our best. But mm-hmm. I think our goal is to instruct, to coach, to be there with them. Um, and so, you know, one of the things, you know, you might be asking is like, how do we practically do that? Um, and then so the question to kind of wrap up our podcast today is I asked Tara, what happens when you have parents and they kind of discuss those different roads they've been down to get here? And <clears throat> because of their past, they've picked a certain parenting style. What happens if you're just not in sync? and you're just not on the same page, uh, what do you do about that? And so that's where we kind of had some resources we thought could be be helpful, some practical ideas for, for you to do that. So Tara, you had yeah. some, you're the you're the the reader um, amongst us in the parenting topic. So what, what books would you recommend for us? There's a lot of good ones out there. Um, but with that caveat, there's also a lot of not good ones out there. So I picked four that, because I wanted to, you know, I don't, I didn't want to just hit like certain niche areas um, or just only certain ages. So these are just suggestions that I think are very, um, they've helped me. They've helped my clients and in turn helped my client's children. I think, you know, from what they've reported. Um, But there are just because, you know, we're suggesting these and we're going to post this on Instagram too. So you have it, but there are, so many other ones out there as well. Um, so the first one, I, I love this book. Um, and I think all of all of these, or at least three of them I know for sure, also come in audio if you're an audio uh, quote-unquote reader. Fancy. But, what? I said that's fancy. Fancy, yes. Yeah, so yeah. fancy. Yeah. Um, so the first one would be The Whole Brain Child. And this one is by Daniel Siegel um, and Tina Payne Bryson. And it's just, I don't know, it's very, it talks about a lot of different things, but for sure, like how nurture um, and, you know, parenting can help impact a kid from a very young age and even shape the way that they, like, you know, parts of their personality and the way they see the world and, connect to other people and it's not clinical, but it's, it's definitely based on clinical research and how the brain works, but how we have, like, we have a hand in how that turns out. And so anyways, it's, it's just a really, so it's coaching book. to make sure they're, they're thinking properly. And, and, and I got a little confused. Is it a serial book? Is it called the whole grain child or the whole brain? Oh, child? Brock. Whole brain. Bad jokes. The whole brain child. Okay. It's not a serial yes. book. All right. All right. Yeah. And it even talks about, you know, when, depending on their age and stuff. And we also, you know, from when I, with what I do, you want to look at the development of the kid and that, in, that entails a lot of different things, but you know, what age they are and things like that. And so it, it does hit on some of that, which is helpful, but it even helps understand or helps parents understand why kids behave and do what they do. Like why, why do they see, why are they having meltdowns? Why do they seem so irrational? Why did they go from this to this in like three seconds? What did I miss? It's very insightful from right. that angle. The whole um, brain, the whole brain child. All right. Oh, goodness. All right. Yes. Thanks. And then the next one is, are my kids on track? Um, subtitle. This, is, this is an athletic book. If they're not playing exactly. basketball or do you want your kids to be they, athletic, read this book. To be in, in track. Yes. Uh, are my kids on track? The 12 emotional, social, and spiritual milestones your child needs to reach. Hmm. And this one is by um, Sissy Goth, David Thomas, and Melissa Trevith- 
Thon or Trevathan. I think it's Trevathan, but I'm not sure um, how you say that. But that's a really great one. And that one is like you wouldn't even have to read the whole thing if you don't want to. You could go straight to, you know, like if you have a 16 year old and you're one wondering about like their social interactions and like development, you could go to that part of the book. So okay. um, another one is um, the gifts of imperfect parenting by Brene Brown. Um, it's very, it's again, it's, it covers all ages, um, but it also helps understand like the developmental stuff. And even like, again, why we might react the way we do in certain situations, which I think is for sure helpful. Um, And then this one I did. So in case um, you're in a single parent household or there's been a divorce, even if you're remarried, um, this is just a really good book for kids of divorce. And it's called, what about the kids raising your children before, during, and after divorce by Judith Wallerstein. Hmm. Is Is that an older book, Tara? It seems like I've heard of that, like, because my parents were divorced. And so when I was in my 20s or something, I read a book and it, it was just so impactful. And then when you said the name, I'm like, oh, I think that's the lady that wrote. Uh, really? Wrote the book, but maybe not. Maybe. Um, I think this one came out in. Sorry to put you on the spot. 2003. Okay. So maybe. So. It was, but there. Uh, so, but reading books, when you, when you have a, a kid that's gone through divorce really kind of helps you understand the inner world of what they're they're dealing with. And it really helps in kind of that coaching model because I understand their perspective. And I, I'd highly recommend um, doing something like that. Yeah, I think, and books can be, um, I mean, I, I love books, but books can be a major asset and tool for us, I think constantly. But even if you read something and it's, let's say you have a five-year-old, but it's more about like teenage stuff, you can, there's still nuggets you can pull out of that and use, but also it prepares you and helps you be proactive. So you can stay in that lane of discipline when they do get to those ages and those, they start maybe having some of those experiences too. So, and even if you read something for younger kids and you're, you have a 20 year old, there's still hopefully stuff you can get out of it. Cause I think one of the things in order to be a good parent is we have to be constantly in learning mode. And so uh, reading these books, Gaining the perspective of why your spouse thinks and does the things that they do, uh, gaining their perspective is just a healthy thing to do. So we're kind of constantly learning about our kids, constantly learning about our spouse. And I know when we have those conversations, we hear it really does make a difference because our empathy level uh, grows for, for everybody. And so, man, this is this is great. I mean, how awesome is it to get like basically this time with a professional therapist to get all these resources and stuff. It's, it's pretty cool. So Tara, you're the star of today for the resources. Oh, Thank you for you're the star, Brock. You're always well, the star. Well, you know, that's probably true, but we'll, we'll go with Tara today. So oh anyway. my gosh. Well, thank you so much for your time. And, um, you know, we just hope that everybody continues on that journey of really getting the inner world of your spouse, get them to get that out so that you can really have a lot of empathy and be on the same page, especially when it comes to things like parenting. Yeah, for so. sure. And I, I want to add one thing. If if you mess up or you feel like it's too late or you yelled at your kids this morning, um, it's okay. But how we r- respond even to those things, like it's okay for your kids to know you're human. Yeah. But, you know, go and sincerely apologize and have a conversation around it and let them know that like, you don't, that's not how you want to be, how you want to parent and 
hopefully that is a sweet moment and both of you can get stuff out of it and keep going and learn from that going forward. I wholeheartedly agree. That's perfect. So Tara, thank you. Have a great day and appreciate your time. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Learn more about the marriage ministry at Hope by visiting hopefellowship.net slash marriage.